Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Sports Day Tampa Bay, our new podcast. You can uh, access us Monday through Friday. I'm Rick Stroud along with my producer, Steve Bursnick. Uh, where's Tom? Rick and, well, well, I was going to say that we're, you're used to hearing Rick and Tom in this spot. I don't know where the hell Tom is. I'll be honest with you. I guess he's busy or he's taking a break or I hear he might be on again sometimes with us. Or but, he's sleeping because it's the middle of the night as we're recording this. Well, that's true, too. It is very early in the morning uh, or the middle of the night, depending on your perspective, uh, because uh, Steve is back in Tampa. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I know a lot of you, well, 100 million of you anyway <laughs> or so, Stayed up and watched Super Bowl Fifty Two, and my oh my, what a game! Was that, that tonight? Is. That was it. Was oh, man, it sure was. And so was um, what Justin Timberlake halftime. We'll get into Prince and whether that was really a hologram or a projector. I'm not really sure because they said they didn't want to do a hologram of Prince. Look, there's a lot to talk about with this Super Bowl. The Philadelphia Eagles. Goodness gracious. They win Super Bowl 52, 41-33, and who would have thunk, man? Nick Foles uh, bested Tom Brady in this game along with the Eagles. And right now I'm afraid, Steve, that Philadelphia might be on fire. And I mean literally on fire. Yeah, I don't think they got God enough knows. grease on the poles there. <laughs> that ain't going to work. Well, have you seen they showed, a, um, they showed some Twitter feeds of Broad Street, which is just jammed. Look, those people uh, are – you know, fanatics to begin with, but having never, I mean, this is the biggest thing that's happened in Philly in years and years. I mean, you, you know, the Flyers, of course, and the, and the, the Phillies and the 76ers, 76ers have all won world championships, but this was, there's, there's no passion in Philly, you know, that's bigger than the Eagles, right? Oh, absolutely. This is the, this is the biggest thing sports-wise that's ever happened that time. Right. That's, that's what I figured. Cause I mean, NFL is king. And I mean, for years and years, you know, the Eagles were, were uh, not so lovable losers, and and then they got good for a while, and they made some championship games and won Super Bowl, um, you know, many years ago, and lost to the Patriots, and then, uh, but this one, I'll tell you what, I've done a lot of these games, and for whatever reason now, I'm all for getting back to blowouts. I remember that was the big thing for a long time. Everybody liked the commercials. They said the games sucked, all that. Now the games just keep they keep topping each other. I mean, you can go back. I don't know how far you want to go. I mean, every Patriots Super Bowl is a one-score game. Um, eight of eight of them in the Belichick Brady era. Every one of them is a one-score game. It is a one-score eight points. That's still one score with a two-point mm-hmm. conversion, right? And and it can't. I mean, you know, there was Tom Brady throwing a, a hail mary at the end of the game that I thought for all the world Gronk was going to come down, catch it, and and win the damn game. I mean, that's that's how it how, how it went back and forth. But um, this game set records for offense and for, um, you know, just the number of, of explosive plays. I mean, there was 1,151 total yards. They broke the record, the Super Bowl record, by, what, 30 seconds left in the third quarter. So that's the most yards in Super Bowl history. I think they may have tied or had the most points since, like, 1975 
something like that. Um, and it was, you know, most of those came through the air for both teams. But I'm telling you, this 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 looked like a hockey game, Steve. I mean, you're used to seeing, you know, up and down the lightning against, uh, you know, whomever. And I, that's what it felt like. It felt like when I was watching it or trying to cover it, as the case may be, that uh, it clearly whoever had the ball last had a really good chance to win. And, you know, for a change, uh, and I guess now they've lost three of them, but Tom Brady was uh, unable to pull it out. He was, although he played very well. I mean, you can't put that loss oh, yeah. on him. I mean, the Eagles' defense, no. a top-five defense, especially right. in the he second half, where he shredded them. Uh, the Patriots' yeah. defense, we knew wasn't that great going in, but they, they, they tend to be a bend-don't-break. But where was Malcolm Butler? Well, it's funny you ask. It's a great story after the game, uh, or not so great if you're a Malcolm Butler fan. Everybody, You know, before the, uh, before the game, this was noticed by some people, and I think they referred to it maybe on one of the broadcasts I was listening to, but I think maybe Chris Collinsworth said something. But, you know, before the game, Butler was on the sidelines and, and they were singing America the Beautiful, which was, a, you know, a very moving rendition. Uh, however, didn't drive everybody to tears like it did Malcolm Butler, apparently. So I'm thinking that he must have been told prior to the game that he wasn't going to start and or play. I guess he played some special teams, but that was really about it. And um, so, you know, that might have might have accounted for some of his emotion. But as, as you mentioned, after the game, he was pretty livid. I mean, I, I don't think we can say on the podcast what he said, right? You can, but we won't. <laughs> well, not on this podcast, which is part of the Tampa Bay Times. Let's let's keep it PG at least. But he was very, he was very upset. And instead they uh, – you know, they started Eric Rowe, who gave up, I think, at least one touchdown and maybe a couple of big plays. I mean, Butler um, said they, they 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 gave up on me. They don't they don't believe in me. They gave up on me. Yes. And then he used a curse word, f bomb in there or something. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and the coaches they didn't really go into great detail. I mean, Matt Patricia, now headed to the Detroit Lions, just said, "Well, we had certain packages in there, and he, you know, we had guys playing, you know, certain roles, and it it just you know the way it worked out." matching their offense he just didn't get in the game but you know this is this is a guy I mean he won a Super Bowl for him hell you know without without Malcolm Butler they they lose to Seattle and now they would have lost four Super Bowls how about that you go to eight suit they could have eight Super Bowl trophies they could just as easily have none uh, because all the games they won were close but um, remarkable that you would get there eight times and then even maybe more so that you would win five but five and three now um, in Super Bowls Anyway, the story of the night for me, Steve, uh, is a couple people, Nick Foles and Doug Peterson. Uh, you know, I'm so impressed, and I was all week with, with Foles. And when you consider, you know, Brady goes into this game, he's got five Lombardi trophies. Nick Foles had played in five games all year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, Carson Wentz got hurt like in week 14 with the torn ACL. Uh, he was emotional after the game, too, for I'm sure for a different reason, <laughs> thinking it could have been me. It could have been me. Yeah, um, I mean, but he. But seriously, if you're Carson Wentz, and oh, how? I mean, I believe he, emotions, I believe he right? honestly is happy for Nick Foles, and oh, I'm and, sure. And I, I don't, I don't disbelieve anything he says, but right? I mean, how bad could he be feeling? Or you know, that should be him. That could have been his MVP trophy. Um, yes. You know that he's the leader of that team, and and you know they were talking on one of the post games afterwards too that uh, it was with Damian Tomlinson said you know there's going to be a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz next year, you know he's going to throw a pick and the fans are going to start chanting <laughs> Foles Foles well, 
because you got a Super Bowl well, MVP from last year that's going to be sitting yeah, on the bench. Yeah, that's – well, and to that point, though, uh, and I don't know what's going to happen. Look, it sounds like a great idea. Why, why would you want to not do this again? I mean, Foles is under contract. Having said that, I don't know that he ever plays another game. I mean, you don't want him to play another game because that would mean that Wentz is hurt. Clearly, you want to keep him around for that possibility because he's proven he can take you there. But but for the reason that you just mentioned, you know, two things. To be fair to Foles, who I got to believe made himself a ton of money tonight in these last few weeks. I mean, if you know, if there was any doubts about whether he can still play, um, and he about quit two years ago until Andy Reid, you know, talked him into being a backup at Kansas City. But if there was any doubt, he showed that he's got not not just you know ability to throw the football, but poise under that kind of pressure. And like I said, man, they you know kind of matched Brady for for almost everything they could do. It was a weird game. You just you just don't see games where there's one punt in the entire football game in the first half, and you know some sloppy special teams plays. But you know it's just a point a minute. I mean, it was crazy. And, and there are a lot of left points out there. I mean, you know, Goskowski, yes. the bad snap, missed the field goal. There's some extra sure. points missed. Um, field goals, extra a lot, points. Yeah, a lot of field goals conversions. as you're inside the 10-yard line. Uh, There's a mm-hmm. lot of missed points out there and how, how high scoring it was. Well, and, you know, for as great as Brady played, and look, he, to me, he's, he proved one thing, that 40 is maybe the new 30 for him anyway, because I, I couldn't really – there was no discernible difference to me watching him over all these years. I thought he played – Great. In fact, he he passed for 505 yards, uh, 28 to 48. Um, he had the three touchdowns, but but the one turnover. I mean, that's that's essentially the only real you know real trouble that he got into there. Um, and and yet you know Foles, 373 yards, three touchdowns, and also became the only player to, in Super Bowl history to throw for a touchdown and catch a touchdown pass. And this was the thing about, you know, not only not only has Nick Foles come back, and, you know, when he came back and he, and he went in for Carson Wentz, he didn't really play particularly well. He had a great first game. And then the last couple games of the regular season, he kind of he kind of stumbled a bit. They didn't play much in the finale. But, you know, Doug Peterson did enough things, along with Frank Reich and some of the other people on that staff, to sort of adapt what they did with some of the read pass options and those things. And, and they cut down on the amount of shifts that they went into and the, and the different formations uh, so that Nick could read the defense. This, this is what he's used to doing uh, without having to worry about, you know, setting all those guys up. And so, you know, but, but more than that, and we saw it, and I was stunned in the NFC Championship game against Minnesota, this guy went out and attacked people. He went out there and attacked people with Nick down the field, and, you know, they, they put up an amazing amount of points. And the guy, the guy was phenomenal. I mean, that's just a great move by Peterson, who's who. Steve, he stayed aggressive, and that was the key. When you play the Patriots, we saw we saw it with Jacksonville. We saw it with Jacksonville yeah, two weeks right. ago. That that about twenty five minutes into the game, they took their foot off the throttle. Mm-hmm. And you can't you and can't do did. that against Belichick and the Patriots because what what they do better than anyone else is capitalize on your mistakes or your passivity. Um, they 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 don't make mental mistakes, and tonight they made a lot of mental mistakes, which was very uncharacteristic of them too, uh, right? And special teams errors. But you know, mm-hmm. Doug Peterson. One of the th- you always hear about coaches, and this is our system, and this. But a good coach adapts to the players they have, 
And that's yep. And Doug Peterson has done that very effectively. And you know, and, and some things that you know with Nick Foles, and he struggled down the stretch, but he didn't have a preseason. He was hurt during the preseason. Really didn't play right. all season. You know, those first nope. those last couple of games were kind of his preseason warming up. It and was like his pre. That's right. During the bye week, they made a lot of adjustments and said, "Okay, you know, Nick, you you like this? You right. don't like this? This is you know." And so we're gonna we're gonna adapt our play calling to be what's gonna fit you within our scheme, but we're going to change some things. And that's what a good coach does. And I don't think enough coaches do that. No, you're right. And they try to find players that fit their scheme, but if they have somebody that's, you know, not the same, then, and they have to make a change at quarterback or a change at, you know, different positions. This is, this is what they're unable to do. And I thought Peterson and his staff did a tremendous job of that as well as Continuing to keep fresh bodies at the running back positions. I mean, you know, Corey Clements was terrific. Legarrett Blunt. How about that guy, by the way? Le'Garrette How many rings Blunt. is that? Three rings now? <laughs> He's got three. He comes in, you know, uh, off the practice squad of Tennessee. Mark Dominic brings him in as a rookie, undrafted. Got into all that trouble at Oregon, which was the primary reason he was undrafted. And rushes for 1,000 yards as a rookie. And if I'd have told you, you know, after all that had happened, that LeGarrette Plunt would win three Super Bowl rings after he had won or rushed for 1,000 yards, you would have thought, well, maybe one of them happened in Tampa. But no, two rings from the New England Patriots. And then after last year, you know, he's 30 years old. He had 18 touchdowns in another 1,000-yard season. And the Patriots say, eh, we're good. <laughs> we don't need you. What You know, for him and Chris Long – uh, those two guys were on the Patriots a year ago, and now they have a chance to turn around and they beat them. Uh, it's just an unbelievable story. I would have never bet. And I, I credit LeGarrette a little bit because he was very immature, as you know, had had issues at Oregon. They carried over a little bit, um, you know, to the NFL. Uh, but he's, he's, uh, he's become a man. I mean, he's grown up in ways and still very productive at an age when most running backs uh, – you know, you just but they had the right plan for him. Again, this goes back to Peterson. I'm not going to run the guy forever. They made the trade for you know uh, Jay Ajayi, who is is a similar back in terms of you know kind of a downhill runner, violent runner, that sort of thing. And yet between him and Clements and Legarrette, all three of those guys, nobody got worn out. You know, they were all fresh at the end of the year, and they were all productive at the end of the year. Clements had to come in and play a little bit. Uh, and, and so, you know, each of them contributed. I thought, again, using your entire roster, using everybody the right way in various plays. What, the, to me, before it got really, you know, tight at the end there because the Eagles built a 10-point lead for, for a good part of that game. But to me, the, 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 there was a couple plays that we're going to look back on and say, Doug Peterson, you demand, because – you know they have a they have a fourth and goal at the one yard line, and you know for all the world I think a lot of teams would have kicked the field goal early in the game, take take a six point lead. You don't want to go down there and not get points, and I believe it was after a timeout. I'm not sure, but he he calls uh, what amounts to what he called uh, the Philly special was the name of the play, very original. But the it should have been Philly cheesesteak or something. The Philly special, and. You know, it's a direct snap to Clemens, I believe, who then, you know, tossed it um, to who's the former quarterback at Florida? Trey Burton. Damn it. Trey Burton, thanks. And, and we, I remember Trey Burton. He was not he was not a great thrower, but he was, you know, he, he came – he was a high school quarterback, started at Florida as a quarterback, 
throws a pass to Nick Foles, who can't do enough, right? Here's a guy that's going to throw for three touchdowns, and now he catches one. But, but Steve, that, that decision on fourth and one, I think, set the tone you know, early in the game that we're going to get points, we're going to get as many points as we can, and we're not, we're, we are going to stay on the accelerator the whole game. Well, and that's the way, that's the way the, Doug Peterson's coached all year, and, and you know, it he's is. aggressive and, and, you know, doesn't let up, and, and it's the way more coaches should coach. I mean, you know, you, you look at all the tables and whatever else, I mean, in reality, if it's fourth and one or fourth and two, you should go for it almost every time. Well, you um, should, you, yeah. Your, your I mean, results are going to be better than than not. I mean, you know, it's like if you're gambling, whether you hit on 16 or not or in blackjack or yeah. whatever. I mean, the odds the odds say, you know, if it's fourth and one, fourth and two, you go for it unless you're really deep in your own territory. Um, right, but the mentality you know, Most coaches don't, though. They play safe. It's always go for the throw right. goal, always And punt. safe safe is death. And I think especially when you get a, in this game or you get to championships or the playoff levels – you have to realize that these teams take advantage. These are the teams that do take advantage of every mistake, of, of every time you don't score in the red zone. And that was what was surprising about, to me, the Patriots tonight. It, look, the Patriots, we mentioned Brady, over 500 yards passing. But they were bad on third down, Steve. They were bad in the red zone, especially in the first half. I mean, you know, you're stunned when you look up and you see that, you know, they don't have any points, you know, after after the first half of play. Where they're sitting there with, what, 12 Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the one thing that's always given Tom Brady and the Patriots problems is a good pass rush. And while they only got one sack tonight, yeah. they, they were at his feet the whole game. Um, and yeah. you could see him, I mean, they hur- got you could see him, hur- yeah, you could see him hurry some of those, especially those third down throws when you can pin your ears back and rush and the Eagles have a good right. pass rush. Um, that's always been his, uh, not kryptonite's not a good word for that, but that's, that's always what, that's what the Giants did to win two that's Super Bowls against Achilles them. heel, as yeah. they say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and for most quarterbacks, if you're at their feet, if you're pressuring them, they right. can't step into throws. They they rush throws. They're they're not going through their progressions right. enough. Um, and, and, well, you know, I thought the Eagles were effective Brady. with that tonight, even though they only got the one sack at the end, which was the big one. But Yeah. Well, the thing about Brady in particular is that, um, and you're right, it's true with any quarterback you want to get pressure on them. But you want with Brady, you want to get it up inside. I mean, you know, we saw Foles able to get outside the pocket and still make throws. That is not Brady's game. Brady wants to step up. So you want to get pressure inside and not, you know, and, and if he's going to get out, you want him to, to have to roll out and throw on the run, which is really not what he wants to do. He wants to stay in that pocket and look at the whole field and not, you know, he could throw left or right. So they did a pretty good job, of, like you said, with pushing the pocket. The other big play in this game, maybe the biggest play, I mean, look, Brady was Brady. He still he brought these guys back down 10 points twice. They kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And, you know, they finally they finally take the damn lead with about nine minutes to go or so. And, you know, and the fade route to Gronkowski, which Gronkowski had the tail of two halves. I mean, the first half, uh, I thought Brady was off a little bit to him. He dropped the ball. He, he caught one pass for nine yards. Of course, he – you know, he was in concussion protocol most of the week from that AFC championship game when he took a hit and didn't finish the game. And I don't think they cleared him to like maybe Thursday or Wednesday. Uh, but so he, so maybe Rust was a part of the equation. I really don't know, even though he practiced. And and yet the second half, I mean, he was dominant. They couldn't stop him, especially the, the, the initial drive of that second half. Um, but they come back and, and you know, sure enough – 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tom Brady does Tom Brady things and throws a fade route to Gronkowski. Now, all of a sudden, you know, they're up by a point. And talk about staying aggressive. I mean, this is where Doug Peterson gets a whole lot of credit because they drive the ball back, and they're looking at, at fourth and one. I want to say, Steve, it was on their own 45, maybe, with about six minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And doesn't even bat. He goes for it. Like, I'm going for it. And, you know, I don't know many teams – or many coaches, even if your defense isn't playing well, you still got six minutes and three timeouts. You know, it's. It, I mean, if you don't make that first down, and you turn that ball to Brady at the forty-five, um, you're going to be trailing by two scores and and maybe you know ten or more points. But but that's exactly what it would have been nine points in the case maybe. But that's exactly what Peterson knew. It's like, look, we're not we're not turning the ball back to Brady and Belichick. We can't really stop these guys. We're gonna to have to go for it, and he did, and makes a big, you know, big two yard, two yard throw. That's all they needed to Zach Ertz, and then goes down and, and uh, throws the touchdown pass to put him ahead. So, uh, you know, to me, that that and, and Peterson talked about it after the game. He says, I, "I just I came into the game saying I'm gonna stay aggressive with Nick. Um, he'll be fine. I have all the trust in the world. He'll just get the ball. If he gets the ball to our playmakers, we'll be okay." Well, and I think, you know, staying aggressive, and I think that's always a good game plan against the Patriots, but it also instills confidence in, in your team. I mean, they see that you're being aggressive. You're not you're not taking a step back with right. Nick Foles. You're not you're not hiding him. You're not trying you know, you're you're saying he's our man, let's next man up, let's go. And that's you know yeah. that's what that's what good teams do. That's what Doug Peterson has led and, and, and that confidence breeds throughout the team. Yeah, it sure does. And there was a lot of guys, you know, in terms of the, what, what Foles did using his, his all his receivers, what Peterson did calling the right plays, he used everybody. Shout out to your boy, Nelson Aguilar from Berkeley Prep, a guy that I talked to earlier this week who was just, you know, look, he had, he had a really couple of tough re- years in Philly. Last year especially, he had a lot of drops. People were all on, on him all the time. I talked to Frank Reich who said this guy had the greatest attitude. He goes, he handled, he goes, he handled adversity the way you'd want your son or your daughter to handle it. Like that is a – you know, he was a positive guy. He worked his butt off. And he had uh, the most catches in this game uh, for Philadelphia. 11 targets, caught 9 for 84. But they were all huge plays. His longest was a 24-yarder. I'm talking about third down conversions um, out of the backfield. Uh, he ran the ball one time on an end around for nine yards. Steve, he was all over the field. He, he was he was fantastic. Uh, all the Philly playmakers were, were fantastic. They were. But, you know, uh, you know. They came. They came to play to win, and they did. They, 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 play, they played a game. They, they showed up. They played to win. They played aggressive, um, and, and they were all on the same page. I mean, you know, all week the talk was what a great team they were, and how tight they right. were, and close, and 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 how they fed off each other that way, and it showed tonight. Well, and and they have they do have a tight team, and they have a bunch of unselfish guys. Um, you just go down the list, man, and you see these you see the plays that these guys made. I mean. 
Alshon Jeffrey with that with the big catches, uh, the touchdown, of course, where he went high. Another one, um, you know, he dove down the sidelines, but he had he had three catches for seventy three yards and a touchdown. Corey Clement, I mentioned, had had a touchdown as well. He had four for a hundred. I mean, they used they used the whole roster, and you know, New England. New England really couldn't get much pressure either on Foles. I mean, I thought Foles was pretty stationary for the most part. He had a couple throwaways, might have gotten out of the pocket one or two times, but for the most part, th- and I and I came in. This has been sort of the story of their season. I, I know they they managed to sort of limit the points, but if you remember, and and this is true of New England teams anyway, they were two and two. They came into Tampa Bay on that Thursday night. They had lost. Uh, on a on a late field goal, gave up over thirty points a game when they when they played the Bucks, and they wound up winning that game nineteen fifteen. And that that sort of started a stretch. Of, it started a stretch of games. They won eight in a row, but it started a stretch of games where they really didn't give up more than like twenty points a game for a while. Uh, and yet they gave up a ton of yards. I mean, this in other words, this was not a very good New England defense. It wasn't from the start. It didn't get a whole lot better during the season. And so the fact that, you know, when they when they look back at this game, and I and I was you know, I was listening to Brady uh, talk on the podium after the game, and he was talking about what everybody was like. Well, I don't know what else you could do. You threw for five hundred yards, and he didn't want to put it on their defense, but I mean, it was on their defense clearly. Well, the de- the defense was a sieve. I mean, although you know, t- to be honest, it was that way most of the year. They were a bend don't break defense. You get tons of yards. They did. That's them. right. Um, tonight they were breaking more. They were giving up a lot more big plays than they usually do. Um, yeah, and especially on third down. I mean, I thought that, again, that's where, you know, it seemed to me that Philly dominated, especially, I think, in the first half. And Nick Foles was terrific throwing the ball on third down. The Eagles were 10 of 16. That's a huge percentage, 63% on third down, two for two on fourth down. So if you add those together, I mean, that's that's moving the chains, right? And uh, in the on, on the other side, you know, the Patriots started out. I think they missed their first five third down chances, and they ended up five for ten. So they got it going late. But uh, third down's a big down, and that's that's where I thought that Brady and his receivers, and maybe it was the pressure, uh, he just seemed a little bit off. You know, guys, he, you know, he usually is, you know, really pinpointing the ball at times, and um, he just didn't seem to be quite as sharp at times. But hey, like you said. You can't. It's hard to pin this on the goat. Five hundred and five yards passing, three touchdowns. Um, I thought I just, just think, I thought just watching it. I mean, it just seemed like there was always someone at his feet. He was always short stepping. Yeah, and I think that was part. I mean, it was the pressure up, especially uh, particularly up the middle. Um, and that's sure. where Brandon Graham got the sack at the end. They moved him to the inside um, when he mm-hmm. got that strip sack that that essentially sealed the game. Although the Patriots did get another drive late, um, where they had the hail mary try, but. Um, you know, that pressure. Yeah, I didn't think he was – I I thought Brady was very good, but I didn't think he was at his best, and I think it was the pressure that he was getting from the, the Philly defensive line. Right. So Nick Foles is the uh, game MVP. Tom Brady is the season MVP. And the questions, you know, have started immediately as to, you know, whether Brady's coming back, whether Belichick's coming back, whether they're both coming back, whether one of them's leaving. And my my sense is, and I think Brady had said before the game, he's playing again. My sense is they'll they'll all be back uh, next year, and, and don't be surprised if Belichick doesn't get better on defense, and you don't see these guys again. I mean, it's just what they do, right? But will Gronkowski be back? I don't know about him. I mean, he's he he. It was weird after the game. Somebody asked him about that, and he he didn't seem real. 
he was kind of non-committal about it. I don't. I think it surprised him maybe the question, but by the same token, boy, that catch I'm just watching on replay as I sit here in Minneapolis by Zach Ertz. Did you think? Did you think that that was a touchdown when you first saw it? Yes, but really? knowing NFL replay reviews, I had no idea <laughs> if they know, would overturn right? it. If they had overturned it, Zach Ertz said he goes. If they had overturned that, that he play, took three he goes, steps. The city of Philadelphia would would not be there when we got home. He took three yeah, steps no, and he, dove. He I mean, became it, a runner and then extended the ball, right? Yeah. So that's that's like any play where you know because running backs do it all the time, right? They extend the ball mm-hmm. over and if it gets hits the ground and falls out, it's still a touchdown. But I also so thought that he, strip sack with Brandon Graham could have been the tuck rule. I wouldn't have been surprised what, if they you know I was said that. screaming that. I was screaming. I'm watching that right now. I don't think it was, but I, I was waiting for them to say, we're reviewing this for the tuck rule. <laughs> yeah, it's just that it came out of his hands way too fast. I mean, as soon as his arm went back, the ball came out. So he didn't even have a chance to pull it back down. Um, just watching. And, then, you know, they get the big field goal late in the game. And that, of course. And then the one play I didn't understand, I guess, you know, if you're going to run it, this is when you do it. But they have the kickoff, and Belichick goes for the uh, – you know, the reverse on the kickoff, which gets them pinned at the nine-yard line. So a little better field position, maybe that. Yeah, that, but but if know, that play Hail works, Mary. if that play works, you may be set up at oh, the 40 or 50. Oh, you're genius. That's why you built Belichick. Right. You know, and that's, I get that, that kind of goes against the tendency of what Belichick would do. So that may have been right. why he tried it is, you know, they shouldn't be expecting this. They didn't execute it. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, those are the situations they talk about all the time. That Hail Mary, by the way, wasn't that far off. Uh, no. I thought, for, didn't you think when that ball was in the air that Gronk's going to catch this thing and we're going to go, oh, my God. Well, Did you I'm, think well, that? Well, you know, first of all, he's, you know, what, a foot taller than everybody else down there. Yeah, so exactly. You know, if, 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 he wasn't set enough to where he could jump straight up, which I think affected. I think he's kind of fading If back it had been another sort of. second or two and he had a mm-hmm. chance to set up more and jump up, maybe he's got a better shot at it, although he had a pretty good shot. But um, yeah. I, I thought Brady threw it just a hair early for Gronk to get down there. But, um, yeah, I mean, when he, you throw it and you see Gronk's going down, you're like, there it is. I mean, you know, when, yep. when, when the Patriots took the lead with nine and a half minutes to go, you went, up oh, there it is. They've won. I mean, that's that was the <laughs> mentality everyone had. I mean, obviously you had nine and a half minutes to go and the Eagles are a good team. But, you know, it's here the Patriots did it again. They came from behind. Yeah, no, I, I was fully expecting it and, you know, it was almost – in disbelief when the confetti started coming down and it was green and black instead of red, white, and blue. But, um, by the way, I got a piece of that confetti. I'll have it on eBay tomorrow if anybody wants it. I'm sure there's Philly fan out there that's uh, – you know, I, I'm sure – did this come through on te- television as much as I think it did? That that crowd, by the way, was 65% Eagle fan. I expected that. Did you? Well, the Patriot fans, I, and they're great fans. But they got been, tired been, of going to been, Super Bowls? Well, at, at everything, whether it's cost or weather or whatever else. I mean, the Eagle fans who you know live and breathe everything Eagles, I mean, the Philly fans are absolute diehards. Not that the Patriots aren't, but, you know, they've never been won there, a Super Bowl. That, right? they're, they're, you know, they're hungry. They, I mean, how long you know, how long has it been since they've been in the Super Bowl? Um, you know, so when you start adding that stuff up, you know, you kind of predict that a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I, I – and how many Philly fans were willing to pay big dollars for tickets on the secondary right. market where the Patriots, maybe it's, you know, I want to go, but I'm not willing to spend that much. Right. No, you could be, it could be it, but it was, and it we, was a, it was, we, we also know the it, Super Bowl is a lot of corporate folks and a lot that maybe didn't have rooting interest, but are picking the underdog. 
perhaps, but man, I'm telling you, there was a lot of fly eagles fly. I mean, these people, there was a lot of people from Philly, I think, uh, you know, or just, you know, there were, or maybe it was just a lot of Bradley Coopers and stars like that that showed up. I don't really know, but the, uh, it was so, it was so loud. I mean, both teams at times had to go on a silent count, but every time that they, that the Patriots had the ball, they were going on a silent count. Before we, uh, before we close out, of course, uh, big congratulations, I guess. This happened uh, while I was on Twitter. Well, it didn't happen while I was on Twitter. It was announced when I was I really don't know when it happened, and I don't think we ever will. But uh, Jameis Winston uh, has uh, announced that he and his uh, girlfriend, uh, Brianna Allen, are expecting, right? Yes, and they had a, uh, a reveal party, or they had a cake there. Uh, he showed a video on Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a cake there. Uh, so they cut the cake. She cuts first. He cuts a piece. It comes out. It's blue cake. Mm-hmm. So they're having a boy. Okay. So this is the latest thing I noticed. Like people will, uh, I don't know, hit a beach ball, and if it if blue powder comes out or yes. pink powder, like this is the latest thing. How you reveal? Yeah, and you 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 even and, and we have a friend pregnant who's doing this now. But you know, you go to the doctor, they test for it, they put it in a sealed envelope, and this and high security stuff to give to you that you didn't take to the baker. And they make the cake, and they don't tell you. Oh, so so neither so neither the n- I, I can't the, tell you they didn't know, but but you can, it's possible you can do, you it, can that, do yes, it in such yes. a way that that not neither people know it, right? Yes, that's that's interesting. Kind of the way I mean, you know, it started just to be revealed to your family and friends, but uh, it's kind of become morphed into for some. Uh, this is how we find out too. Instead of the doctor telling you, it's you know you hit a pinata, cut open a cake, whatever. <laughs> pinata, a baby pinata. <laughs> It's just maybe it's a stork pinata. Yeah, well, know. you know, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever you prefer. <laughs> uh, well, you know what I prefer is when uh, you're actually at the birth, and it's one of nature's few surprises that you, you, you know, there's so few that you can't detail these days. Um, that's that's what we did with our children anyway, and uh, I, I understand why people do it. They want to prepare the nursery, or they just want to know, or they can't keep a secret. But uh, and sometimes. Sometimes the people doing the sonogram aren't very good at keeping secrets either. I, but. I've, I had a friend that the person slipped when they didn't want to know. Really? At one of the later Aww. appointments. Not the one they found out, but they, the oh, person okay. they, for some appointment was in there and didn't realize they didn't know and kind of spoiled it. Yeah. Well, congratulations to them. Uh, it's going to change his life, and um, his 2 a.m. beatings next season are going to be interesting to see see what happens when uh, he's going to be a daddy, but you do get perspective out of it. So I'm happy for him and it's a baby boy. So another quarterback, I'm sure. Um, anyway, we, uh, thank you for listening. And, and now here's the thing, Steve, you know, you know, this probably better than I do. If you're, were, if you were a subscriber to Rick and Tom, then you should be automatically, um, nothing changes. Nothing changes. This podcast will be in your, your phone, your computer, your device, it'll load automatically. It's the same essential feed for the podcast. Uh, we just change the name, change the picture on it, um, so that looks different. But everything will deliver A way the better picture, I think, don't you? Well, I'm still not on it, so no, not really. <laughs> well, we gotta get we got to get you on it somehow. You're the, you're the, you're the brains of the, of the operation, and now my co-host and producer, the Riquette, if you will. Um, yeah, I mean, we had a chance uh, to change this, and I didn't get called, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't be in charge of everything. I have a real job. You know how it is. So do you. We can't. We got marketing people that handle this stuff. We'll talk to them on on this week. I'm sure. Absolutely. Our Twitter handle, by the way, is changed as well. It's now at Sports Day TB. Yep. That's at Sports Day TB. And if you were following uh, the old one, you're still following that one now. We just changed the handle right. on it. 
And it's got the same so picture you, and, and title on it, Sports Day Tampa Bay. You can get us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, SoundCloud all that. Uh, tune in, tampabay.com slash sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're and then I would encourage you, uh, we want your feedback. Here's the thing. This podcast is going to be different, uh, hopefully a lot, uh, every night or every week or what have you. We're probably going to do, uh, well, I know we're going to do some interviews, um, maybe some long-form type type things on, on occasion and uh, dive into my vast uh, notebook of contacts and see if I can get somebody to call me and talk to me about various things that are going on, as well as uh, we'll be pre- promoting and, and talking a lot about uh, our work at the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, you know, you should always be reading the Tampa Bay Times, but to get the story behind the stories, we'll have an opportunity to talk to some of the writers and some of the people that are, that are mentioned in those stories, as well as anything that's going on in sports nationally. Uh, you know, just the, the normal discussion that we've had on this podcast uh, for the last, uh, what, six, seven months or so on Rick and Tom. So, And Tom, by the way, when we find him, and I don't know where he is, but when we find him, we will, we will, we will, we will bring him back. I started to sound like the guy from uh, whatever that movie was. We will find you. <laughs> and, um, but we will, we'll make sure that he is also part of this uh, from time to time. If he ever writes a column that we're interested in, which I'm sure is bound to happen. Well, I know he'll write one we disagree with. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, and if he doesn't come on, he won't be able to defend himself because we'll, we'll just be handing it to him. You can also – so we want your feedback. That's the whole key. And and so you can go to at Sports Day Tampa Bay. You can leave us a, a Twitter message there. You can go to my uh, Twitter feed if you want to. That's at NFL Stroud. Uh, or you can reach me at rstroud at tampabay.com or stroudbucks at aol.com. I mean, pick a, pick a way to get a hold of us. But interested in your feedback, your questions, is going to be uh, probably a segment that we'll do at times uh, empty our mailbag and try to answer some questions for you as well. So this is just the start of something big, Steve, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Also looking forward to getting out of the freezing cold where it was 15 degrees below zero on my way into the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. you Don't, will... don't you know it's very cold up here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah you you know, betcha. So good to see you there, Wade. Hey there. It's Minnesota cold. It's the bold north. Welcome to the bold north. Yes, I remember it's tailgating. Like, no, it's the cold north. I lived up there for three years. I remember tailgating for a, a game. Uh, I'm a Bengals fan. I grew up in Ohio, so we were. it was the Bengals and Vikings eight years ago. And uh, it was a December, and we go to tailgate, and you're bundled up, and you got all these layers on. Well, you don't account for that you're standing on about six inches of ice in the parking lot. <laughs> and, right. And your feet are frozen, and you can't yep. wait for the game to start to thaw out because it was in the Metrodome back then, but the U.S. Bank Stadium, same thing inside. Couldn't wait to get inside to thaw out. Took about a half. Right. I knew I was in trouble when on Wednesday I woke up and it, it was um, minus seven. Uh, and then I looked up Antarctica where it was minus 15. So we were we were literally, you know, seven degrees or eight degrees uh, separation from the South Pole. <laughs> so this was just this was just out of control cold. But I hope Minnesota enjoyed their only Super Bowl. And they will never have another one again, I assure you. But the next, uh, the next three are in the southeast. So, next, yeah, and then and then the other ones in L.A. In L.A. So after go, that, so yeah, the next four Atlanta, you're probably Miami, okay. Tampa, L.A. So I'm good. I'm going to stay nice and warm. Anyway, my thanks to to everybody for listening. My thanks to Steve Versnick, as always, and uh, we hope you come back and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.